0: Bonjour, so happy to be with you. Yes, oh my goodness. Ah, Let's pray. Let's take that breath of prayer and gratitude, love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful to open our hearts, open our minds to the power and the presence of love that's living through us and as us. So grateful, so thankful to consciously attune to the infinite intelligence, divine harmony, pure love, the grace of God. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unlimited, unprecedented, free flowing wisdom, clarity, prosperity, harmony, joy, All of these spiritual qualities and more are our true nature, and we're claiming it now in this divine partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self leading us and guiding us to our expansion, our healing, our freedom. So grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the infinite gifts of God here and now. We're allowing ourselves to fully experience them, to fully remember and recognize our true nature. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yippee. <laughs> yes, I am so happy to be with you today. Today's a wonderful course of miracles day for me. We are, we've started the Living a Course of Miracles series which is about cultivating spiritual sight, which is divine insight wisdom, uh, clarity. It is uh, about opening our intuition and being able to see and know and feel more clearly all the opportunities to choose love and to stop repeating the pain, pain experiences. And it's a wonderful series. I'm excited. Tomorrow, I have a class with John Mundy. And then Friday, I have a class with Lisa Natoli uh, next Monday with Miranda McPherson, and next Wednesday uh, with uh, Gary Renard. Yay, God! And in between all those classes, I do my homework classes. So I've got uh class today about ending the crucifixion so we can move into the resurrection. Did our first class yesterday you can sign up for all of that at livingacourseofmiracles.com and you can sign up for our um uh text messages too uh and uh, those inspirational text messages and through that you can also sign up for um the living a course of miracles series that way too but the fastest way is um to um What was I thinking? The fastest way to sign up is to go to livingacourseofmiracles.com. But if you're interested in the text messages, we're still working out the technology, but we've got it going, and people have begun to receive them. If you text from your phone the word MIRACLES, all caps, MIRACLES, to the number 35227, and you'll get a text back from us, and then you can tell us which inspirational text messages you'd like to receive, would you like to receive class reminders, all of that, special announcements. All right, so our topic today is From Darkness to Light, and... It, it's because when uh, Spirit guided me uh, to Chapter 25, Section 6, The Special Function, uh, it my attention went to Paragraph 2 here, where it says, Eyes become used to darkness, and the light of brilliant day, Seems painful to the eyes grown long accustomed to the dim effects perceived at twilight. So this is a beautiful way of saying that if we have become accustomed to the darkness, right, because we're Blocking out the light with our judgments, our opinions, our attack thoughts, our thoughts of lack and limitation, resentment, regret, guilt, blame, shame. If that's where our attention is, we're uh, building what we could say is like a wall that blocks out the darkness from our sight, right? This is why our Living a Course Miracle series is about cultivating spiritual sight. And and these are real classes. They're not just um, interviews or they really are classes. That's what I like about this series. It's, it's not fluff pieces trying to sell things. We're really <laughs> offering classes. Uh, all free, by the way. The transcripts are free. The downloads are free. The whole thing's free, and it's going to remain free. And that's because of donations and contributors, people who are actively supporting us doing this work. And it's so great because with the transcripts, then people who are deaf or hard of hearing or for whom English is a second language, they can have those transcripts and they can still fully receive the benefit, which I'm very grateful for. So eyes become used to darkness. Right? Haven't we all experienced that? Where you get on a track, let's say, of, uh, here's a, another way to think of it. Get on a track of not exercising and you get out of shape and you just get used to not feeling great, not feeling strong, not feeling that you have vitality. Right? You get used to not feeling luminous and radiant and you forget what it's like to feel radiant and luminous. Eyes become used to darkness and the light of brilliant day seems painful to the eyes grown long accustomed to the dim effects perceived at twilight. So this is also reminiscent of uh, the beautiful work that Plato did and the philosopher Plato who wrote about He used the analogy of the cave, that we are like prisoners in a cave that's lit by firelight, and we are chained to the wall, we're facing the wall. So, we can't actually see what's going on, even inside the cave. All we can see are the shadows provided by the firelight. So the distorted shadows on the wall that we're chained to, that's the best our view is, until we set ourselves free and get the heck out of the cave and stand in the light of day. But imagine if you did live in a dark cave, lit by firelight, chained to the wall for a very long time, you might even close your eyes a lot of the time, right? Just lean your head against the wall, your body against the wall. And you would get used to that, so that if somebody came and unchained you, and you had the freedom of movement, and you left the cave and you went out into the brilliant light of day, It would be painful to your eyes, right? So, it says here, Eyes turn away from sunlight and the clarity it brings to what they look upon. Dimness seems better. So, the light and the clarity are related. So, it says here, And they turn away, the eyes that have become used to darkness, turn away from sunlight. And the clarity the sunlight brings to what they look upon, they turn away from it. Dimness seems better, easier to see, and better recognized, right? Because it's familiar. It's not requiring so much of us. If you've been used to the darkness or the dimness, then to see in the brilliant light of day and to see everything with utter clarity will seem like a stretch. One of the things that I've been saying for a few years now is that this time that we're in, the years leading up to 2012 and the shift of ages and uh, the years since then, uh, it's for my spiritual perception, my spiritual understanding, more and more light is pouring into this dimension to help us see more clearly. And so for some, The experience of more light is painful because it's as though, this is the metaphor I use, it's as though for many years, many lifetimes even, we've been storing everything we didn't want to look at, everything we didn't want to see, everything we didn't wish to acknowledge. We've been storing it, let's say, in a garage or in the basement. And the time that we're in now requires us to take a look at everything that we've been storing. So we're throwing open that garage packed with stuff that we didn't want to look at and there's so much light showing us everything that we forgot about and had stored in that garage. So what I see with the people who are in my Finding Freedom class, my Masterful Living class, my counseling clients, all of these people, what I see is they are in life situations because of their prayer work and their spiritual work, they are being presented with the things that they haven't wished to look at, they haven't understood, the things they feared, the things that they held as resentments and regrets, the guilt, the blame, and the shame. And to the untrained spiritual student, it can seem as though all this stuff is happening to me, and it's a nightmare. But to the trained spiritual student... It can be like um, the image I'm getting is like a gymnast who's learning to walk across the balance beam, right, with their arms stretched out for balance, taking each step carefully, paying attention to what's going on around, and they have a strong core, right, a gymnast doing work on a balance beam, doing flips and handstands and all those amazing things that those gymnasts are able to do. They have a very strong core, very strong abdominals to be able to do all that stuff, to be able to um, stand on their hands and pull their legs up. They're doing that with their core, right? Their core muscles. And it's We need to have that strong core. Now, if you think about it, the third chakra, which is the solar plexus chakra, that is really where our ego identification lives. This is why when we feel ashamed, we often feel sick to our stomach. It's because that third chakra, that solar plexus chakra... The our self-esteem, our perception of ourselves, our self-image is feeling threatened. And actually what's happening is there's either an opportunity for a healing, right? Whenever we're triggered, there's an opportunity for a miraculous healing. And if we choose to accept it, right? We have a mission from God, right? Mission possible. (laughs) Mission probable that we can choose this uh, healing, this miraculous healing, or we can choose to reaffirm our beliefs from the past, the false perceptions, the false beliefs, the judgments, and the opinions. So whenever we are triggered, we have these two choices. And I was sharing about this in my uh, year-long Masterful Living course last night, that I, for a long time, I was choosing the darkness. I was choosing the darkness because it was familiar to me and because I felt like I could be successful, more successful that way. I felt more assurance, more steadiness, more strength. If I chose to be mean, aggressive, attacking, uh, punishing shaming all of these things and what happened was because i started to pray i couldn't i couldn't keep doing it i started to hear and know and feel and sense more clearly divine inspiration and guidance and so i couldn't Keep making the unloving choices. I started to make more loving choices. And the thing that really turned the tide for me, although it didn't happen quickly, uh, but the thing that really made the difference for me was I started to find that it was easier to have compassion for people uh, than to judge them and attack them. Because I started to have so much self-recrimination for being mean and judgmental and attacking and because I used to be quite vicious and cruel. And so the self-recrimination, the regret, the guilt, the shame, the feeling bad and wrong as a result of being cruel and unkind was far more intense than the um, fear and vulnerability I felt when I was choosing compassion for other people and I learned to stop judging everyone and to start having compassion for them and because of that I was able to start having compassion for myself and stop judging myself so intensely and that really was completely life-changing for me. I worked at a very slow pace for decades. Um, because I was very resistant and reluctant. And, um, but then I decided to go all in. I just said, you know what? I'm going all in with the spiritual stuff. I'm just going all in for love. And, uh, really kicked my butt for a couple years, but so worth it. So, I I fully know what it means when it says here, eyes become used to darkness, and the light of brilliant day seems painful to the eyes grown long accustomed to the dim effects perceived at twilight. And we turn away from sunlight and the clarity it brings to what we look upon, right? Dimness seems better, easier to see, and better recognized. Somehow, the vague and more obscure, seems easier to look upon, less painful to the eyes than what is wholly clear and unambiguous. So dimness seems better, easier to see, and better recognize. But it's because our eyes are untrained. Remember that Jesus, in his teachings when he walked the earth, he said, uh, in his beautiful teachings, he said that The truth, the wisdom, the clarity is for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear. How do we develop those eyes to see? In the brilliant light. And the ears to hear, maybe when there's a cacophony of sound, when there's a hurricane exploding in our life, we still can have the ears to hear the still small voice. What I love so much about the teaching of A Course in Miracles is it tells us over and over again, you don't have to figure out how to develop these skills. You don't. All you must do is be willing, be interested in it. I am willing and interested in having the ears that hear the still small voice no matter what. No matter how loud and raging a hurricane is blowing through my life, I can still hear that still small voice. It is my friend. It is my guide. Right? And it brings us through the shadow, of the valley of the shadow of death. We're following that voice. This is what Jesus tells us in A Course of Miracles, that he stopped listening to other voices and just listened to, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we can do that too. We will be taught. You see, all we have to do is have that great willingness and, and a desire to, to learn and know and have these skills because the truth is that they're pre-installed. These skills are pre-installed. We just haven't accessed them. Right, I have a friend of mine who um, in the course of the last year went from being about maybe 60 pounds um, over the current weight he is now and he was not exercising, he was not in shape and he just did a triathlon last weekend. He's dropped those pounds. He's in great shape. He didn't figure out how to do it all. He was willing to follow expert advice, and that's what he did. We have an expert always available to us, rain or shine, day or night. Whether we're feeling desperate or relaxed, we have an expert that's always available to lead us out of whatever situation. And one of the things A Course of Miracles says is that if we're not hearing the voice for God, and I say hearing and I say voice because that's one of the things that A Course of Miracles tells us, but for me, I don't usually hear a voice. I get a feeling. And the feeling itself has clear direction in it. Uh, It's encoded into it. It's like intuition. It comes fully formed ideas. Uh, It's not words. It's not symbolic that way. It just comes and I know that I know. And I've learned to trust it. It was something I had to learn how to do because I had to cultivate the willingness. The willingness and the learning, the growth of my willingness and the experience of seeming to learn are the same. So really, I was willing to remember that I have these skills. And that seemed like learning because the concept of learning... Is familiar to us in our human experience. We go to school to learn things, right? But in our spiritual growth, we don't learn things really. We remember them because we all share the same mind. So all the insight, all the information, all the, the love, the peace, the joy, the beauty, the freedom, everything is all in one awareness. It's in the one mind. So we can learn, train ourselves to go there and get it, <laughs> to be in tune with it all the time. And that's what A Course of Miracles is the mind training for. Yes, of course. So somehow the vague and more obscure seems easier to look upon. Less painful to the eyes than what is wholly clear and unambiguous. Yet this is not what eyes are for and who can say that he prefers the darkness and maintain he wants to see so this is such a beautiful help to us if we say we'd really like to see then can we also say we prefer the darkness so I'm just going to invite you here to turn within and to take a breath and invite the Holy Spirit to show you where you are preferring the darkness. Where are you turning away from the guidance, the insight, the support, the help? Where is the higher Holy Spirit itself messaging you, guiding you? But you're still clinging to the darkness. To playing small. To being a victim. Being a martyr. Complaining. I know for myself, for a long time in my relationships, I needed to feel superior. I needed to feel... Mentally superior, emotionally superior. I didn't feel comfortable with oneness. I, I wanted the separation, the specialness, and the superiority because I had no faith at all that I was lovable. So I needed these delusions of specialness and superiority in order to feel safe. Of course i never felt safe. And I was blocking intimacy and love. And I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I opened my mind to the higher Holy Spirit Self. And I began to practice Simply being present to what was being offered to me in the moment. The opportunity to move out of darkness was being offered to me in every moment. Clarity was being offered to me in every moment. For those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. It says the wish to see... Calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. I know this to be true. Would you behold your brother? Would you behold your brother as the Christ? Would you behold your brother as free? Would you behold your brother as perfect? Would you behold your brother, your sister? your mother, your father, as they truly are? Or do you need to see them the way that you've built the story up around them? Right? Sometimes we look at our family members and all we see is our history. We don't see them as others see them. We don't see who they really are. We only see our projections. Are we willing to let those go? Can we still feel safe if we let that go? Are we willing to see our husbands, our wives, our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our children as already perfect, not needing any improvement can we truly love them as they are? Can we look in the mirror at our own reflection and stop thinking that we need self-improvement, that there's something wrong, and just say, yeah, it's all good. Can we? Can we say the cellulite is all good? Can we say the hesitancy the is all good? Can we say the... Um, Oh the the what's seeming weakness. Oh it's it's all good. It's all good. It's all part of the experience we're having of remembering our true identity and stop judging it. Just notice it and say, Yeah, I see that but I don't need to label it bad or good. The wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. This is ours. This is ours to receive if we're willing. And only the release of our judgment will let it. So we're willing to release our judgment and then the judgment can be lifted off of us. Isn't that wonderful? I love that. I'm so grateful that that is so. Hmm. You know, one of the the wonderful things about the the work that I get to do, I feel very grateful for the work I get to do, is uh, my spiritual counseling training certification program. What I see in that program is so many people transforming their lives. I'm getting ready to do a spiritual counseling training intensive in June. And, um, these week long intensives are part of this certification program, but anyone can come and do the intensive. And in the intensive, uh, It's a week long intensive and, uh, the next one is up in upstate New York and, uh, June 19th to the 26th and it's an opportunity to really expand your intuition. It's about being able to be far more present with people and develop gr- much greater communication skills, much better listening skills and speaking skills. Uh, people have uh, been able to have extraordinary, life-changing, truly life-changing healing expansion clarity uh through doing the healing work that we do in that intensive it is intense it's a it's a great healing and a clearing and it's wonderful for anyone who's interested in becoming a spiritual counselor anyone who's already a coach a life coach a counselor a therapist we've had all kinds of professionals come and take this training and uh, you can also get um CEUs for the training as well. So I invite you to um, take a look at that at jenniferhadley.com, my spiritual counseling training intensive in June. And don't forget to sign up for Living a Course of Miracles at livingacourseofmiracles.com. I'm going to take a break here. You're listening to A Course of Miracles. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, Living the love, walking the talk. We're back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're talking about uh, shifting from that attraction to darkness and keeping the darkness going to living in the light. And uh, we're in the section uh, 6, chapter 25, the special function. And... Uh, Paragraph 3, the wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. Would you behold your brother? God is glad to have you look on him, your brother. He does not will your Savior be unrecognized by you. So remember, A Course in Miracles tells us that other people are our saviors. They help us to see ourselves. <laughs> God does not will your Savior be unrecognized by you. So I'm going to invite you to just think about all the people that you see experience in your day-to-day. Maybe some of them are on television. Maybe some of them are in your house. They're in your workplace. Wherever they are, every single one of them has been sent to be your Savior. Because as you're willing to see them as they truly are, you will see yourself. And that's how they function as our Savior. And we are their Savior. Because through our willingness to see the Christ in them, we are redeeming them in their mind because we share the same mind. And isn't it true that we see so many spiritual students who long for peace, who long to be loving, to be kind, to be gentle, to be patient, to be harmonious, to be awake, to be a healing presence, but they still cling to their opinions and judgments of their saviors. We cling to the judgments and opinions of our saviors. Consider that. It says, God does not will your savior be unrecognized by you. What about as we walk through our day, visiting stores, going to meetings, talking with our children, whatever we're doing, silently, we say to ourselves, to, in our mind's eye, to our, our saviors, you are my savior and I recognize you. You are my savior and I am willing to recognize you. You are my savior and I am willing to be willing to recognize you. Mm. It says, let him no more be lonely, for the lonely ones are those who see no function in the world for them to fill, no place where they are needed, and no aim which only they can perfectly fulfill. Do you know someone who's lonely? I've known some very lonely people, and this is so true. This is so true. It says let him no more be lonely for the lonely ones are those who see no function in the world for them to fill no place where they are needed and no sin excuse me no aim which they can only they can fulfill. So this is what dissolves the loneliness is that we recognize we have a function in the world. And we're actively filling it. That's what ends the loneliness. Some people think, oh no, the special relationship or the holy relationship, that's the thing that's going to end the loneliness. Nuh-uh, it's fulfilling your function. And here's what we're going to talk about now. Such is the Holy Spirit's kind perception of specialness. His use of what you made to heal instead of harm, right? So we give the Holy Spirit the special relationship, and the Holy Spirit is going to make use of it to heal our mind, not to harm. To each, the Holy Spirit gives a special function in salvation that we alone can fill, he alone can fill, apart for only him, To each of us, the Holy Spirit gives a special function in salvation, which we alone can fill, a part for only us. Nor is the plan complete until we find our special function and fulfill the part assigned to us to make ourselves complete within a world where incompletion rules. So this is our special function. To make ourselves complete, to accept the atonement, which is the full realization that there's no separation. How do we make ourselves complete? We recognize the unity of all life. So remember in the Jerry Maguire movie, there was the scene where, um, in the beginning, they are, uh, the, Two protagonists are going into the elevator and um, there's the deaf couple in there and they're signing to each other. And um, I can't think of the name of Jerry's character's girlfriend, uh, but the um, she can read sign language and so she says that the man... The deaf man says to the deaf woman, his sweetheart, you complete me. And the thought is that that's so romantic and beautiful, right? But it's a complete and total special relationship, the idea that you complete me in the context that they're using it there. So we're already complete. Every single one of us, we're already complete. No other person can complete us. What removes the perception of incompleteness is recognizing our wholeness, which is also recognizing our unity with all life. This is the path we're on. So it says, To each the Holy Spirit gives a special function in salvation that he alone can fill, apart for only him. Nor is the plan complete until he finds his special function and fulfills the part assigned to him to make himself complete within a world where incompleteness rules. Here, where the laws of God do not prevail in perfect form, so here, meaning in this 3D world, where the laws of God do not prevail in perfect form, Can he yet do one perfect thing and make one perfect choice? And by this act of special faithfulness to one perceived as other than himself. He learns the gift was given to himself and so they must be one. So the one perfect choice is forgiveness. And we by this act of special faithfulness, by this forgiveness, to one perceived as other. So our brothers and our sisters are the ones perceived as other than ourselves. And through this, we learn the gift has been given to us. And so we must be one. Forgiveness is the only function meaningful in time. Forgiveness is the only function meaningful in time. Forgiveness is the only function meaningful in time. It is the means the Holy Spirit uses to translate specialness from sin into salvation. Forgiveness is for all, but when it rests on all, it is complete and every function of this world completed with it. Then is time no more. Yet, while in time, there is still much to do, and each must do what is allotted him, for on his part does all the plan depend. He has a special part in time, for so he chose, and choosing it, he made it for himself." His wish was not denied, but changed in form to let it serve his brother and himself and thus become a means to save instead of lose. So, we've chosen the script. We've chosen the function. We've chosen the path that's laid out for us. And basically, all we must do the whole way is just forgive. What is forgiveness? Is the release of the meaning we've made of things. It's the release of our attachment to our interpretations. And remember, going back to what I was sharing at the beginning, whenever there's an upset, there's an opportunity for miraculous healing. Every single time. Every single time, but you know, a lot of times when there's an upset, we just kind of push it away, we manage and cope with it, we make a meaning of it that's not true, and we don't make use of the opportunity for the miraculous healing. One of the things that really helped me so much was the Holy Spirit showed me that so much has gone into arranging the thing that's going to trigger my upset. A lot of things have to come together and converge in order to perfectly upset me. (laughs) So every upset is a gift from God. It's a miraculous opportunity for us to turn to the light and stop choosing the darkness. Every single one of them. So if we can have this practice of love and gratitude, gratitude and love, that the moment we start to feel the least bit of distress, upset, irritation, that we go into, ah, I'm so grateful. Here comes my miraculous healing. I don't have to figure out how to have a healing. The Holy Spirit will make it so. The Holy Spirit will arrange it perfectly. All I must do is be willing. And I give thanks. I give thanks for my willingness. I give thanks for the Holy Spirit doing the heavy lifting. I give thanks that I am triggered and I am experiencing a miraculous healing that's already started. It's already begun. I'm in the midst of it. How wonderful. How grateful. Instead of trying to drown out the fear or manage and cope with the situations and think that the situations and circumstances are the cause of our upset. Oh, could we just stop thinking that thought that we're upset because of what's going on. I'm never upset for the reason I think ever, ever, ever forgiveness is the only function meaningful in time let me get about my father's business. This is, this is how we do it. Uh, Jumping down to paragraph seven. The Holy Spirit needs your special function that His may be fulfilled. Think not you lack a special value here. You wanted it and it is given you. So it looks as though why would we choose this or that, that it seems so painful, why would we choose that? Well, the why would we choose it sometimes is not a helpful question. If we can just accept, I have chosen it, this is why I am experiencing it. <clears throat> Going back to responsibility for sight, right, page 448, responsibility for sight, I am responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be, that's how I say it. That we have chosen it. So, hmm, instead of asking why have I chosen it, I've chosen it for my salvation. That's why. That's why there's no more complicated reason than that that can help us. Only the ego wants to know more precisely why. Why does the ego want to know more precisely why? Well, the ego will tell you that it's because then it can prevent it in the future. But that's not how things are prevented in the future, by knowing why, right? If you wake up with a terrible hangover... Because you drank a bottle of tequila the night before, you know why you have a hangover. You know why you feel sick. You know why your head is throbbing. You know why you feel terrible. Does it prevent you from doing it again? No. No, it does not. It didn't prevent me. You know what prevented me from doing it again? Wanting to turn to the light, choosing my special function, non-judgment, starting to raise my vibration up through making compassionate, loving choices instead of angry, bitter, unforgiving choices, judging choices. That's what made me not interested in drowning my sorrows with alcohol anymore. Knowing why I felt so terrible when I had a hangover never stopped me from having a hangover. So when you are looking for, why is this happening to me? What am I doing wrong? Give it all to the Holy Spirit and say, look, clear guidance, clear insight. That's what I'm interested in. I'm willing to follow it. And then start to notice when you're getting the guidance and going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And I did that for years, noticing that I was saying, yeah, no, I, I see that's the higher road. Uh, I'm not in the mood for the higher road right now. I'm going on this lower road. I guess I do want to re-experience the pain of that because, oop, there I go. Oops, I did it again. Like Britney Spears, so just being aware where you're choosing the darkness. That awareness is healing. Awareness is curative. So this this is the path we're on of cultivating the, a willingness to turn to the light. And where is the light? It is within. I did an episode earlier in the year, maybe in February, about why we're afraid to look within. You might find that helpful. So we're coming up to the end here. Just a reminder that Living a Course in Miracles classes are on right now. They're all free. Downloads are free. Transcripts are free. Um, We've got John Mundy. Lisa Natoli, Miranda McPherson, Gary Renard. Wonderful series. If you see postings about the radio show, Living A Course in Miracles, at Facebook or on your Twitter feed or something like that, can you retweet, please? Can you like and share at Facebook? Because that really helps us. We... Spend money to advertise Living a Course of Miracles to be able to reach new people. And uh, so if you can like those ads and share those ads, that helps the ministry to save money. And the way that we're able to do this radio show and all this transcription and all the free classes and offerings that we do is through the generous and kind contributions of people who are interested in promoting uh, Course of Miracles teachings, and who are grateful and thankful. And so I would like to say thank you to all those who tithe, all those who make one-time donations, and all those who participate, because that's how we do it. We do it together. And it's every day I receive emails from people who don't have funds, don't have um, the money to buy these kinds of classes and things, and they are so grateful. People who, for whom English is a second language, all kinds of people, you know, for um, deaf people, English is a second language too, many times. So, God bless you and thank you for your contributions. And don't forget, if you would like to sign up for those inspirational text messages and the reminders, you can text the word miracles to 35227, the word miracles to 35227. And to all those who wrote me that yesterday's first class in this Living a Course in Miracles series um, is, has already helped them, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write to me. You can always write to me at jennifer at jenniferhadley.com or admin at jenniferhadley.com if you have need assistance with anything. All right. Oh, one last thing. If you'd like a particular episode of the radio show transcribed and we haven't transcribed it yet, please um, just send an email to admin at jenniferhadley.com. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and thankful to place my hand on my heart and to recognize This gift of God, this unity of all life is already ours, and we are grateful and thankful to release all the blocks to love so that we can walk in the world as a teacher of God, teaching only love, for that is what we truly are. We're willing to see this in our brothers and sisters. We're willing to fulfill our function. We are grateful and thankful to forgive, to let go, and let God. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing rest of your week.